what are the three things you value most in life? Wow. Okay. Okay. So I guess number one, very simple, but I would say life itself. But within that, I would say life and other people, not just life for myself. If I was just alone, life, very sad. Uh, so I'd say life. Two, I would say creative thinking. I think that at this time I can like claim true passion for. I find that is, is what I like to do in different formats. But if I'm creatively thinking, it's uh, time flies. It's a great time. Three, probably all peace and love, but I guess empathy. Once again, not within myself, but other people as well. That one's just really powerful. Communal empathy, like uh, so a society built on empathy or like interpersonal empathy or all of the above? All, all of the above. Uh, empathy with anything on the level of like I am actually connecting with a separate thing on a non-physical level. Tell me a memory which shaped you. <sighs> There's, I guess a lot, right? Haven't been here that long, but many. A lot of little ones. I'm trying to think of like a, a memory that shaped me. You know, I'm trying to really hit the word memory because an experience is something different, I guess. I don't want it to necessarily be like a physical action. A memory that shaped me would be uh, I totaled a car I was driving. It was my brother's car on the freeway. It was a rainy day on the freeway. I had to get over right? I'm trying to justify it. In California, if you hit someone else, it's obviously your fault. It doesn't matter what they were doing. Point is, despite the challenges placed in front of me behind the wheel of the car, I had failed the task of driving safely. And I exploded my car, the other car, barely any scratches. Because once again, I did everything I could. My car exploded, popped. And uh, that one is, and not to bring light, to any legitimate mental illness, but I could say that one's the closest that I can relate to, I guess, PTSD or what I can imagine would be actual full-scale, real traumatic PTSD. But I definitely, ever since then, that was at this time, maybe almost four years ago, behind the wheel of the car, that one still makes me stiffen up and jolt every now and then if I end up in situations similar. Um, and I'll be it. <laughs> Also, the other car accidents add to that, but that one was the first. That was the first of many car accidents? Yes. Some okay. of which were not my fault. Others of which some were. Others were definitely, uh, it took two parties to tango. Mm. But once again, you know, I was still involved, so I can't totally blame someone else. What's your favorite color? I really enjoy all colors, always have. The dumbest story that I could relate to that is I watched a lot of, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender as a kid, and by a lot of, I just watched it as it came out. And I remember that I wanted to rainbow bend. That was my cool idea. I could bend colors. Maybe I was thinking I could bend light, but I didn't even have the words or concepts. But I essentially, instead of bending an element, I bended the language of mathematics and color. But yeah, I guess, Brown was one I liked a lot. I like earth tones. I like bright colors. Green. There's a brand called Slush Cult. I like their colors. They use uh, like a bright green, orange, pink. That's nice. 
I, I really enjoy all colors. I guess my least favorite color would be like a, like a weird lilac, but I can still enjoy that in some situations, um, but kind of like a weird washed out purple. That's probably my least favorite color. Tell me in as much detail as you can about something you knew of which once existed and now does not. Okay. Let me tell you about a game called Bots by a company called Acclaim. Now, this game no longer exists, but holy bowl of beans, is that one of the best you, games you can I've curse. ever played? I mean, you, you can curse, I don't care. You know, I didn't feel like it, but ah. uh, <laughs> they'll come later. I don't even know where to start. Oh my God. This is the first time I've thought about this in a few years. But every now and then I'll go and I'll think about that game. Oh my gosh, there's one other game I'm thinking about and I don't even remember the name of it. But we're on bots by acclaim. Everyone should Google this. It was like, I don't even know, an, uh, an MMO. It was an online game and you could play as one of three classes of robot. And you would grow levels all the way to like level 100. And you would play as these robots and as you grew levels and played on different levels, which you would play with other people, sometimes up to like 40 people on a level. And you would all just be like rushing through this level. And sometimes you would work together, sometimes you wouldn't. People would be dying left and right, you know, and then they would have to leave the game. You were fighting the computer. So it was all PVE. And that was the best freaking part, was that you were just showing up and just charging with a mass of people of all different levels, like all in different gear, because you're one of three classes and you can get random gear and you just put it onto your robot. And as you fight as a robot, you sometimes gained power and then you could go into this like crazy robot state. One of the three, you know, either you turned into this big thing with swords or you did this or you did that. And each one was great, but they were just slightly different enough that, that there were some specialties. That game has an experience that I have yet to re-experience. Okay, so for me, I just can't get on board with Fortnite because that's not necessarily what I enjoy. What I enjoy much more is anything at all that I could, any percentage, put the word casual in there. I'm, I'm not looking, now there can be adrenaline put into it, but nothing about Fortnite to me is casual. There's nothing that's relaxing to me. And not that games have to be just relaxing, but there's nothing about it that I can determine. That's not for me, unless that's like the point of the game. And that's not the point of Fortnite. Isn't, you know, it's not you're entering some randomized world. It's not this, it's not that. It's really just like, I, I just don't like it that much. And also as someone who played League of Legends for many years, totally off the point. My main point, bots by acclaim, that's something that's no longer here. That if that was here, oh my gosh, if that was here right now, I want you to know that I, I wouldn't do what I do now. I would be a bots streamer. Really? Like my entire, oh my God, my entire life would be into bots. That game was so fun. So fun. I remember one time, and by the way, I'm like 10. I became a skin trader. Like within in-game money. So people, you can put money into it, you know, and you can get skins and, and, and different items. And the skins would have a limited time of use. You could hold onto the skin forever. But once you activated it, it's either a one-game skin or it's a 48-hour skin or it's a, you know, three-week skin or something. And the skins also sometimes came with different abilities. Like now, instead of your robot turning into this, 
it turns into this special one, a version of it that's Christmas themed. Like now you shoot ice, you know? And maybe it's better, maybe it's not. I don't even remember. Once again, I'm 10. One of the best games I've ever played. There was a holiday and there were skins and I had played enough that I had a good chunk of money, but I sold this holiday skin that wasn't very valuable. But with adding that to my amount of money, I was able to purchase a more valuable skin. And from there, you just sit in the global chat and you just copy and paste like your skin and the price. And then you'd trade it. And then you'd purchase another. And then you'd trade it. And then you'd purchase another. And then you'd trade it. And then you'd have two skins on the market at once. And then you trade those. And then you have three skins on the market at once. And then you trade those. And I remember that's about the time that I stopped playing. I don't remember why I stopped playing, but I am so sad that I didn't squeeze every goddamn second I could out of that game. Because holy shit, I'm in love with bots by acclaim. That's no longer around. In love. I'm pretty sure I sent them a check in the mail. I'm sure that I sent them probably 10-year-old me. It was either a check that my parents helped me write because I wouldn't stop begging them. And I gave them like $20 of my own birthday money for them to write a check for me. Or maybe I just mailed the cash. But I know that was the first time that I ever purchased coins or something like that in the game. It was such a great time. Listen, all about time travel. And one of the rules for me in time travel is, you know, you don't go back in time just because clearly you shouldn't go back in time. Now, if there's other rules to time travel, I guess you could. That's just, I don't risk that. But if I could time travel, I just might risk it to play bots by acclaim. And that's saying a lot other random people. What, if anything, is perfect? Such obviously a broad general stroke answer, but really the only thing that I could respond to that would be life. And that's, I think, what is so damaging about our existence in the current state is that we hurt something that we're not only a part of, but can, should, and we're meant to make better just by us existing, not even on some religious level, which I'm totally down on that religious level. If you preach anything that's about that, I am there. But the idea that we're a part of an ecosystem on some level, no matter how we evolve, we were and are a part of it. So therefore we're a part of a system that needs every piece of it. And therefore each one is there for a reason, not only the reason its own self survival, its own ability and its own lineage of intense courage and triumph. I don't care if it's a chipmunk or me, there's intense courage in existing. So that's why it's so upsetting how we damage what I would view to be the closest thing to perfection. And the only thing larger that I could point to perfection would be the universe itself. But I think life is is really perfect. The universe is perfect because it's how it is. So it has to be. You know, it would be weird to view it as imperfect unless we had an example of one that was more perfect. Then I guess I could agree with that. But as far as life, because we're given the circumstance, and I, when I say life, I mean all other life, honestly, outside of myself, even human life. The ability to survive at all is amazing. It's perfect. I, I couldn't imagine a more perfect thing than the thing that I'm looking at that does what it does. And it's so sad to think that there were other perfect things that for a multitude of reasons are no longer here. Because in my opinion, there would be nothing better than to have as many perfect things as we could. As much life, biodiversity, healthy coexisting in all forms that that would be amazing the only form of life i would say are like fuck parasites right let's get the fuck out, out of here with parasites we can just <laughs> fuck off with those we don't <laughs> need those. yeah right mosquitoes no for real like i'm taking mosquitoes 
I can't take them off the list of perfect because they're fucking great at what they do. I mean, could you design something better at being a fucking mosquito than a mosquito? You literally, without mosquitoes, could you even imagine something more perfect at being annoying and evil and destructive? I would have to know what a mosquito is, wipe all mosquitoes out, and then build a robot mosquito. That's the only way we'd get mosquitoes again. Like, if there were never mosquitoes to look at, I could never, I'd be like, oh, little hummingbirds, let's build little hummingbird robots. What, what about a dragonfly robot? It's like, no, bro, both. Put them both together, make it lightweight, fucking floats on water, give it malaria, <laughs> make it reproduce everywhere. That's how you make the most perfect fucking piece of shit. So fuck mosquitoes, fuck parasites. And these I still allow to say are perfect. Fuck those. Tapeworms, fuck those. Out of here with tapeworms. Viruses, fuck viruses. But I don't know if those are technically life. I don't know how they're designated. And I don't know how they function. Fuck those. Very few things to fuck. Everything else is pretty perfect. The viruses are not perfect. You say all life is perfect, but it's interesting to say that life is perfect because it would imply that within that perfection, there is an element of suffering. Yes, I think within all life, there is suffering on the most basic level. I think for us, our reality is that we are in our own suffering, where we're in a suffering of our own creation. It's not a creation of life. We're not being attacked by dinosaurs. We're not being attacked by aliens. Our issue is ourselves as humans. So within that, yes, I guess humans are alive, but on the broader spectrum, the amount of life that is harmful to us compared to what we're doing to other life, like we, we are obviously the problem. It's our behavior and systems. To touch on that, in school, at least when I was taught in school, we were taught that there was a bartering system, that bartering was how things were done. At least here, the, the Native Americans, they bartered. Oh, you want this? Here's that. Here's this. Here's that. Oh, uh, I've got apples and I need a haircut. Well, I'm the haircutter and I need shoes. Well, I'm the shoe guy. I'm the, what's it called? The fucking cobbler. Hey guys, I'm the peach cobbler and I need a haircut. Or fuck, I'd give out shoes if only I had apples. Wow, we should all trade. That's what we're taught existed. And there is no, I believe how you pronounce the word is anthropological study of, of humans, anthropology. There is no evidence ever of there being any society ever in human history ever recorded or they themselves recorded of themselves. Not once has there been a system of bartering. This is an actual fact. At least a fact as of when I heard this shit in like 2018. And the reason is, any system that occurred before what we would be in a market system was a system of reciprocity in different forms. Some were led by mainly women of the village where everyone would have items. They'd pick berries to do whatever the fuck they would do. They'd put it into a central place where then all the women of the village would come together, all the leaders. Then they would distribute everything as they saw fit. There were other versions where it was more, not individualistic, but more family-based where, and this is the little bit that I know, I'm sure there's a lot more, but essentially everyone would look out for themselves plus others. So the idea is like, okay, fucking Joseph is the best at building roofs out here. So he builds most of the roofs. You know, his wife is great at cooking cakes. We're all hanging out. And this is why it's different than bartering. We're all hanging out. I know that Susie's roof is leaky. I know that. I saw it. So as we're all hanging out, we're all bathing, we're all lounging, we're all picking whatever the shit. I go tell Joseph's wife, hey, Susie's roof is leaking. Now, she goes to Joseph and says, hey, I hear that her roof is leaky. 
you should probably go fix it. So he goes over there and he fixes it because a roof is leaky. Damn, that sucks. I heard a roof is leaky. Hey, I heard your roof is leaky. Um, let me help you out. That's it. That's the whole beginning and end of the interaction in all ways. I love how you look. Wow, great necklace. Wear, wear it for a while. You wear this. I make them or I'll take it back when I need it. Like it's real. We're all in the same group. We're all here. The only time that that develops into a market system is when you are conquered. That's the only time there's ever, ever any evidence of, of any system going from reciprocity or any stage to a market system. Market systems don't just show up. They happen by force. Someone shows up and they say, we're going to take your resources. We're going to take your people. We're going to kill your men. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. These are the rules. This is what you do. You do this. A great modern example would be uh, Brazil in the rainforest when, when they're palm oil, rubber, gold, whatever the fuck they're looking for. Not only are they destroying the environment, obviously that's home to everyone, but that's also home to humans, tribes that were both undiscovered, untouched, and both touched. That sounds weird. But essentially, these tribes still in the modern day, you know, the 20th century, still work off of systems of reciprocity. They hunt for themselves. They do this. They work with each other. They do this. Well, when they showed up and they destroyed all their homes, and not only did that, they decided to kill all the old men in the tribe, make all the young men work, make all the women work, essentially destroy their culture and their way of life so that they could not sustain themselves. Instead, the only way that they could sustain themselves is if they worked for the companies that went in illegally, but also backed by the government, destroyed their home, and now are turning it into farms or mines or whatever the fuck they're doing. So if you want to live, we already killed your old folks, your leaders. If you want to live, I mean, you can't live any other way. All the deer are gone. Everything's gone. Your home's gone. You're going to have to work for us. So we'll pay you a little wage, some bullshit wage. You'll work for us and you'll take that money and you'll find a way to go to the nearest market, which we're in bumfuck nowhere. So find your ass a way to go two hours towards a town so that you can then buy everything that your village needs. Even though all your old men are gone, you're just a bunch of old women, normal women, some young men. You got none of your, I guess, cultural leaders or, or teachings. You can't provide for yourself. So what are you going to do? You're going to take this shitty job or they're going to kill you or you'll starve. You'll find a way to put together all your money find a way to get into town. My, my point is that the only time that they went from surviving was when another group came in and took their system and enforced one that didn't treat them fairly. Not that a market system is the problem, albeit a market system is the problem right now. I'm not an economist. I'm not a student. I'm sure there's a market solution. Maybe we'd need a different shaped market, very different looking market for me to believe that. But I'm in America, not much I can do other than talk within those grounds or else, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about something that I know and experience. Who is your favorite character from fiction of any kind? I guess specifically Mega Man from Mega Man X for the, for the Super Nintendo. Specifically in that game. Why? Oh, I just think it's cool. I think he's cool. <laughs> I would play that game so much as a kid. I thought, I thought Mega Man in that game was cool. When I saw Mega Man in other games, I was like, this is a bad game. This is not fun. This is a mockery of what I experienced. Mega Man X, great game. What fascinates you? I guess learning, being intrigued of all things. Like if, if you can catch my intrigue, I'm there. I love the idea of things. Love it even better if what you make is even better than the idea of, of what you're doing. 
there's some things where it's like, oh, I get your idea. And that's why I love this. There's other things where it's like, wow, you did it. You totally and completely blew my mind in what you created. Can you give me an example? God. Shit, sometimes there's just good music, good movies, good good art, good anything, a good a good speech, a good interaction. I mean, watching shit happen. If if it's just cool. Um god, that's so general. But really, like like Yeah, there's just some songs. I guess music is a great example. I'll go with music. There's just some songs that are just out out of this world. So, like, you know, great. I'll go great general examples everyone can relate to, hopefully. Like, okay, like a, a, a great Led Zeppelin song. Whether or not you like Led Zeppelin or not, you hear a good Led Zeppelin song, you are... You're, if you're listening, there's no way that you cannot come back and experience it and just be like, wow, that was great. That was a, a pinnacle of its time. Amazing, just great job. Uh, even classic, there's some classical music that is just unbelievable. I mean, I, all genres of music have unbelievable songs, except, I mean, really, uh, there's no exception because I'm sure you could find a country song and a bluegrass song. That would blow my mind, but most of that, uh, take bluegrass out of that, most of modern day country to me is just actually defective. Um, yeah, on my ear, I'm, I'm untrained. Obviously, I'm untrained. But if there's one thing that I know, it's what I like and what I don't like. And if I don't like something, I love, I love to figure out why. That's a great thing to your question. Okay, not just being intrigued. I love to find out why. Ask why. My favorite question. Let's find out why. Why did you do this? Curiosity project. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But really, like, why did you choose to to make that? Why did? Why is this your message? Why did you feel that way? Why? Why is just such a good question. And I love trying to figure out why. I want to find out in the end, but for me trying to figure out why Ooh, i love that i love watching random episodes of shows i've never seen random episodes like empire i think i've only seen three episodes like and i'm talking about the fox show first season like episode one episode 10 and episode like 12 the finale great experience i don't want to see another minute that's all i need that is so good like that is so good if something's good something's good and that that's good i would sit it at good because i was able to watch three episodes get the whole show get the whole experience it is so over the top it is so ridiculous it is a mess god it was a and just to spoil it in the first season one of the episodes i don't know these people i think uh i think it might be the season finale but the leader if you don't know this guy's a big rapper him and his wife they started a big record label thing he now has als he's got three sons one of which are gay that's the guy who like faked the hate crime. The the one who who um uh, I think his name is Jesse or something. I don't know. But essentially, in this episode, he's gonna just let it. He's gonna give one of the three of them the company because he's dying. He thinks he's dying from his ALS. It's a well known thing. He has ALS. Big big company. 
hundreds of millions of dollars. So he goes around the table and he's like, okay, like as my final gift, like for you, he gives his first son, he's like this staff. And I swear to God, it's like a two and a half foot long, solid gold with like a, a ram's head on the top and like jewels or something. It, it looks like, a, like an Egyptian artifact, for like King Tut. And he hands it to him and he's like, for you, like this rod of strength to remind you that you're strong. And he like takes it with such emotion. And it's like this ridiculous, just like, what is happening? Are you about to like, <laughs> I don't even know, enter a sarcophagus. And I want to say the next son gets like a fucking like a huge diamond or something. Like it is so ridiculous. A, a necklace, something that is just unbelievable. Like just like what? I could not. And he's like, this is for you uh, because of your, your loyalty and your love and devotion to your family. And then he goes to the last son and he gives him, God, I don't even remember, like a solid gold record or something. And he's like, this is like a fucking pound of gold. And also I want to give you the company. And you know, then everyone's like, what? You're like going to give it to him, whatever. And then like that night, his wife like tries to kill him. She like goes to suffocate him and does it. But then at the last second, like doesn't do it. And then the next morning he finds out that he doesn't have ALS, the whole reason for the show. And like, it was so much, I need to rewatch it because I don't fully remember it. That's what this is telling me. But it was such a great experience that I would suggest for anyone, just check in to like the last two episodes of the first <laughs> season of Empire. I didn't even spoil it all. There's crazier shit. Like his wife's brother like killed her husband's like best friend and also like shot him or like something crazy. But like back in 99 during like a <laughs> drug deal gone wrong. It's crazy shit. Crazy shit. And Taraji P. Henson kills it. Hmm. Cool. That's about it. That is perhaps, and I will honestly, the greatest answer to what fascinates you I've ever gotten. <laughs> um, that was a eight. mess. Uh, what other job would you like to do if you weren't doing what you're doing? Yeah, I don't know what being a lawyer is like, but um, but you know, I'd like to think it would be fun to like be in a trial even though it probably wouldn't. But yeah, be a lawyer. I could help people or like do whatever I wanted and like understand the laws. I just feel like I could be uh, much more active in, in how I would like to be. But I think that's more me like putting limiters on myself and being like, God, if only. When it's like, no, you just could. You um, could. Yeah. Just do it, right? And not even become a lawyer, but like do whatever I want to do and like then Google it. Like it's not hard. I'm sure there's an online class sure I could effectively take a Harvard class, if not an actual Harvard class online. Um, but I'm not, so you know. <laughs> a lawyer. I guess lawyer. Uh, what is your most prized physical possession?
I don't know because there's many ways to take the question as far as actually monetarily. What is the most expensive thing I own, which would be my used Mini Cooper. But actually, probably the thing that I just one of the many things that I like to look at is uh, my dog passed away last year and uh, I still have one of his like little booties. Just Aww. just like one of them. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. Oh shit, that's lovely. Yeah, I uh, like that. My girlfriend dried a flower. She put it, she put it in the little booty. Oh. She switches and she switches the flower sometimes. Wow, I'm tearing up. I like I I love my dog. Loved my dog. Whatever it was. I I think there is an essence to immortality and memories. Um, mm-hmm. so I think the statement that you love your dog is, is still true because your dog still exists like in your heart and mm-hmm. the way you approach the world mm-hmm. and because 100%. we become, thank you. 100%. We become like, even after the actual entity of us, this kind of bundle of consciousness and experience or in the dog's case, this bundle of love and joy and enthusiasm and everything kind of goes away. Those waves and that, those feelings and how your dog shaped you you will unconsciously carry that into the way that you treat everyone else. So your dog is, has basically become a part of not only you, but everyone that you could possibly ever know and everyone that they know in this kind of beautiful symmetry of shape and empathy and interaction across basically the entire world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I will now untreat everyone like an old sack of shit who's peeing on my carpet. <laughs> Um, question number 10 if you could name a hot sauce what would you call it and why okay Um, yeah uh, simple I don't use too much hot sauce but I do like some Cholula on some eggs if I'm at IHOP that's how I do Um, yeah I guess I'd call it not hot sauce Make it pretty hot, but still tasty. And uh, essentially the goal would be to just get people to try it because it tastes good, hopefully. Um, and then it would become their their sauce. They don't normally like hot sauce, but this is obviously hot sauce, but it's very flavorful. It's I'd not say hot kind sauce. of like Cholula. Yeah, it's not hot sauce. Um, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's at this point, if you want to go get a glass of water or go to the bathroom. Oh, no, no. I got a, I got a water right next to me. Cool. Um, let's just keep going then. Question number 11. What inspires you? Um, everything else. Um, nothing about myself inspires me. Um, all inspiration all my thoughts come from something else in complete originality um, because that's how all original things happen. There wasn't something else. You literally would have no thoughts or ideas of what it could be. Um, Yeah. Everything else inspires me. Uh, Anything someone says or I experience or I hear or I watch or this or that, it's, it's amazing. Wow. That was amazing. It made me think about this. It's a new thought. If you work on it, Hopefully, it's an original thought. Might not be. A lot of things have been done, but you can find new angles. The end. 
That's a holistic answer. I like it. Uh, question number 12. Did you ever have an epiphany? If so, what was it about? I don't know if I've ever had like an epiphany, like, oh my God, I've been going up these stairs and I've needed to go down them on like some massive life level or like some weird midlife crisis, like definitely slow, slow learning. But that's also because of, I think how young I am that it's like, how would I have known these things before? Um, unless they were literally told to me, they just weren't, or maybe I just didn't listen at the time. I just didn't have access for whatever reason. But um, but yeah, just how all things are uh, connected and how you can kind of, obviously you can think for yourself, but you can actually like think for yourself. Like you really actually should think for yourself and question everything you've been taught along with everything that is coming into you because that's the only safe stance to be in is one that allows change. Um, yeah. If you could say your creativity had a theme, what would that theme be? Hard to pick theme. So I guess I could pick two words. One would be probably passion on some level. Uh, probably comedy on some level, but I think that's just because personally, that's how my brain is wired. Everything is funny, even the things that like I don't think are funny at all, even the things that hurt me so much and I can't even like deal with. Unfortunately, it's almost like a law of like gravity. The only thing that doesn't exist within comedy is hatred. Those things are like opposites. You can't have hatred in comedy. There can't be comedy and hatred. It's just not funny to hate anything. Um, that's just like not, uh, comedy is, is like base level observational because that's like what your response is. Like if it wasn't for you to intake, even on the most simple level, the most simple joke, if you the perspector couldn't observe it, it wouldn't be funny. Nothing's funny about that sentence unless you're observing it as funny, even if it's you who's saying it. The only way for it to be funny is for someone to laugh at it, obviously, even that person is you. It's not science. I guess it's quantum science, maybe. But yeah, passion and on some levels... Um, passion on some levels and comedy on some levels. What makes you smile? Funny things, sweet things, cute things, nice things. 
the sun in my eyes sometimes. My job. In in both ways, I enjoy it, but also that's a part of it. Even though my teeth are horrible. Yeah. Tell me about something. I'll try that again. Tell me about something you learned recently that amused you. Something I learned recently that amused me? Okay. Uh, yeah, this is just, this is what I got. Um, yeah, I never uh, never frisbeed before. The last like four or five weeks, my girlfriend and I will go to the park late at night when no one's there. Sometimes during the day if no one's there, and we'll uh, we'll throw a frisbee. It's pretty amusing. Very simple, but uh, but yeah, nice. I don't go outside much, so yeah, that amuses me. Frisbeeing as an adult. Pretty amusing. I don't go outside much either. Uh, I live in the middle of the countryside. So during quarantine, I mean, it was awesome during quarantine because I could just go for a walk and I could walk into a field and there'd be literally no one for like five or six kilometers. Mm. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, but I, I just, I don't go outside much. I don't leave the- Do it, do it with like a simple action. Like look for some bugs. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, like- if you just, yeah, very small, simple action. That's at least how I end up doing things. It's usually because my girlfriend is like, I want to do this, like, small, simple thing. Not that what she wants is simple, but that the actual act itself is a very, like, easy task. You know what I mean? Let's frisbee. Like, oh, you know what? You know what? Fine. Yeah, why not? You know, like, it's, it's a little easier for me to handle than, like, let's go on a hike. I'd be like, even the thought of that, like, I would there has to be a reason that I'm going on a hike and it has to be important. But a reason for me to Frisbee doesn't have to be that important. Oh, that's a fucking phenomenal answer. <laughs> the, so this, since the hot sauce question, these questions, you are the first guest that I've had to, to kind of bounce these off of. And all, totally. your, your answers have been so fucking good. <laughs> I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's like the formula at work. You've done it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good job. These questions are very nice. What is beautiful? Remember when we were talking about brownie? Remember how simple that was? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but no, this one, this one, it's just like touching back to, to before. Everything. Unfortunately, everything. Everything has a silver lining of beauty, and it's so sad. It's so, so, so sad to even have that perspective. Like, that is such a weight. And I'm not saying that I am some holy being and I carry the weight of the world. I mean, I feel like that's a normal thing 
we as human beings, especially in the modern day, have to deal with such duality of existence, not only like us as humans and whatever that means in our basic evolution, but attempting to adapt to our modern day environment creates such a constant duality of thought, belief, behavior, everything. Uh, it's, it's a constant cognitive dissonance. So the unfortunate truth, one of the halves of truth is that there is such intense beauty in everything. And the other intense sad truth is, or the, God, let me stop using the word intense. The other truth is that there is unbelievable despair, struggle, hopelessness in everything. It's just like a, a like the size of, of, of the tunnel. How small is the light at the end of the tunnel right now? Some situations, literally the only positive to it is that you existed. It's a shitty positive. Like that's disgusting. That's a disgusting perspective. At least to even like, like that by itself is hard for me to stomach because of the reality of the other half. And like that world, both sides are like, God, let me rant forever. Both sides are, are a reaction to my environment. One, like the human-made place that I'm in for all its positives and negatives on myself and others. And then the actual universe and my existence as an organism, the positives and negatives attributed with that. And the way that they interact, very hard. I don't, I don't know when it was great. I don't. Way before. Way before. You think there was a That's time? That's when it was great. Yeah, there was a time when it was better. When I say great, I don't mean that I would want to go back there. Uh, I mean that I would, as a member of that society, born into it, feel better. Maybe I'll, I'll you know, the future is, I mean, I hope that it's amazing and better, but who knows? I mean, even ignorance is, is probably better than, you know, being in 2045 and you know that we've done nothing for the last, you know, 25 years and 2050, my home is underwater and I'm a climate refugee and I don't have somewhere to go, let alone the people who are experiencing that now. So like, I hope the future is better. But I definitely believe that there were times in the past that, that were better than now. Question 17. Would you describe yourself as cute and cuddly? So, sometimes. I don't find myself that way. Cuddly, yeah, cuddling's nice. Um, but my girlfriend finds me cute and cuddly. So, you know, I'd like to believe her, despite what I think. Question 18. Where do you feel safest? I honestly have the privilege of feeling the same level of safety in most places that I go. I would call that a baseline of, of, of safety. Some places more than others, probably my car parked with the engine off, can't crash. Um, you know, my home, probably I feel safe when I'm in a state of 
like uh, the only really way that I can describe it obviously is creatively thinking. Like when I'm using my mental capacity at something that I don't even have to push for it, but even when I'm pushing for it, feel safe in those moments. So it's the only time that I really do that is if I feel safe or I'm making myself feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Question 19. If you were on a starship, what position would you hold? I have no idea. Currently, I have no qualifications, so I'd have to be trained in a position. Um, so realistically, like, citizen. Um, I would hope to be on some level, you know, involved in the, in the captain's quarters, um, but probably more on the decision-making level or diplomacy or, like, plans or, like, you know, holding the briefings or something like that. Um, but I don't really know. I, cause I don't even know what jobs are open to me. You know what I mean? Like shield generator guy. Yeah. I want to be the shield generator guy. Cause I know all about shield generation and like frequencies and like the buttons that you have to press. There's only two and there's a knob. Like I got, there's no idea what jobs are there. I want to be cannon phaser. Uh, the dude that brings coffee to the captain's quarters. <laughs> oh no, fuck that guy. Tim fucking sucks. We should launch him out the airlock. But fuck Tim. There's only one type of coffee on this ship, and he makes it wrong. Oh. Uh, Twenty. Do you think there is more good than bad in the world? Yes, because I believe two things. One, good is obviously a perspective within human construct. But if I attempt to personally understand it as something larger, as good versus bad, I wouldn't even put it as life versus death. I would put it as more existence and evolution and less existence in evolution. And within that, I obviously have to put a human perspective on it because I'm a part of life. Now, I don't know other types of life that exist, but I would consider good essentially to be not in a black hole. Like on the most layman's terms of attempting to get bigger, if everything was in a black hole, that's bad. If we're before the Big Bang, that's bad. If we're, I don't even know how the universe works, but we're in the state where it's totally cold now, you know, that's bad. No movement, that's bad. I'd say states of good are states of cooperative cycles. So something that's great would be like fucking physics, you know, the laws that we have, how gravity works, you know, that's great. That's good because it's logical whether or not we fully understand it. It exists everywhere in some degree it behaves a certain way in some degree you know i would say everything bad is hypocritical and i don't know of any natural universal law that is hypocritical because i don't think it can be now we might not understand it it might seem counterintuitive but i can't imagine that it's hypocritical um 
unless you would point to like death itself as being hypocritical but i don't see how that's being hypocritical you know the universe gives us life and yet it takes it like that's i don't that's a weird poem that's not i think a legitimate point of view um because the universe didn't give it to us we like arise from circumstances within it so yeah i would say everything good is everything not hypocritical and everything not in a black hole to my understanding of black holes. Because maybe if I go in it, it's a fucking great time. I instantly become spaghetti and I shit out the other side and I'm like fucking reborn. Like I'm just a new person. And I don't even remember it. That's probably great. You know, I'm just in a different universe. Like, oh my God, I got spaghettied and now I'm back. That would be cool. Yeah. So take black holes off that list. <laughs> Fuck hypocrisy. Obviously, I'm a hypocrite myself. <laughs> so is everyone, I think. I think the, you can't avoid it. Yeah, you, you literally can't. There's no way. You hold yourself to uh, the different standards. You hold everyone to the standard of their actions. You hold yourself to the standard of your intentions. Mm-hmm. And I've like, never heard that, but I like that. I, I can't claim that as an original thought. That is, I read mm-hmm. that in a book. Um, but I, I honestly do believe it because there's many situations where I'm like, I, I thought I was good here, uh, but because the end result is that someone got hurt, mm-hmm. I'm bad. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, because I think I'm good, I'm being a hypocrite because I know the circumstance mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. I mean, frame anything just because time and change exist. You can look hypocritical. Why did you say that last week when this week you say that? Well, I learned something new. Oh, really? If you're on the stand for anything, you you can make anyone look guilty. 